Hello and welcome to your favorite comic book YouTube channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piskler. If you are new to Cartoonist Kayfabe, first of all, welcome. And second, let me remind you that we are a daily video series and have about 1,400 videos in our catalog. If you go to the Cartoonist Kayfabe YouTube homepage, you can search through our catalog, enter your favorite comic book or your favorite creator. We may have already talked about them. And if we haven't, leave a note underneath the video in the captions because we do have a to-read pile and uh, with enough requests, maybe your favorite comic or creator will get to the top of that to-read pile. Also, we have a Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon. This will give you access to our videos early and at the King Kayfaber level, you'll get all of our videos first. You'll even sit in on the recording session. This will give you an advantage in the uh, Kayfabe effect, which is when we cover a book that everybody wants, they disappear from the aftermarket or they go up in price. So if you're at the front of the line, you get those copies that are still available and you get them before they spike. All right, Ed. Marvel recently reissued the Amazing Spider-Man 25th anniversary issue. I don't actually have Amazing Spider-Man 300, but uh, I saw this recently at the comic book shop, started flipping through it and realized, you know what, I want that. Yeah. So uh, I figured it'd be a chance to look at some, some early Primo McFarlane art, first appearance of Venom, a lot going for this issue. And uh, I'll tell you what, I kind of like the anniversary issue because they're reprinting ads and like text pieces and all kinds of stuff, which is what I often miss whenever they do reprints. So pretty cool about that. And uh, figured it'd be a, uh, a fun chance to look at some old McFarlane art. And you can see right off the bat, Venom, lettered by Rick Parker here in our title. But I mean, this is the big story, I think, looking back on this issue. Yeah, of course, man. And uh, I like I had this comic as a kid and just destroyed it, read it to tatters. What, I, I was thinking thinking about this man because i haven't reread this comic in, in forever but i remember believing it like as a little kid i i felt for mj she just got uh menaced like this is this is what they you would call the first like full appearance of venom but he shows up at uh at the apartment last issue it's a very harrowing like uh the way they present this yeah it's it's, it's a pretty dark moment it really is uh so it was um like this is this is close to my heart, man. I, I totally remember this stuff. No, noting that McFarlane is inking this, you know, yeah. this is pretty early in his run, and uh, it gets away from him so much. And you see it with the hair, especially for everybody. He doesn't know how to ink the hair very well at all. It's very frizzy. Puts weird blacks in there and stuff. This is a double length issue, and I think McFarlane might have been drawing some other book, like a Hulk or something, at this time as well. Like, the guy's putting out a lot of pages. Yeah. And uh, here's Eddie Brock, you know, uh, bodybuilding in his uh, vengeful quest against Spider-Man. It's not enough to have that alien costume. Also, after Spider-Man, Brock is just angry and, and working on uh, pumping up those muscles for the kill. He, uh, he, he got the weights because he read somewhere that it uh, helps relieve stress. Yeah. <laughs> it's like literally an origin story for that, man. It's such a hokey comic. Like... Th that part uh, I, I forgot about, but like, it's that it's that same old shit where there are several examples of McFarlane doing these uh, like photocopy yeah photos in the background, even on the cover. Totally, that's your high res photo uh, photocopy, and yeah. there'll be a few of those examples throughout this. I, th I think it's something that McFarlane maybe sheds at some point, but it's kind of neat to see it. Sure, man. Like this is a comic. You know, you have to have Spider Man flying around New York City. And uh, if you can, if you could cut a little corner here and there, especially if you've got a Hulk comic to draw, also, fucking do it. It's it's funny too. 
I'm reminded of just where comics used to be 25 years ago because you're getting like all the backstory on exactly. everything. The Spider-Man costume, the Secret Wars. That's what I was saying. Like when we get to the Eddie Brock shit where he's got to give his whole origin story and things. Classic McFarlane shot. Yeah, McFarlane feels like McFarlane in this to me. Um, you know, he continues to evolve, of course, but I mean, there's a lot of distinct McFarlaneisms. There's another one of those high high contrast photo uh, photocopies, and MJ wants them to move to a much nicer apartment. Right. Pretty much on her dime as a supermodel, because Peter Parker's not making any money, and that comes up several times. Which which is an interesting dynamic. You another know, high contrast photo. Yeah, totally. C- continuing the the uh, woe is me kind of Peter Parker character. So it's no longer about high school stuff. It's like. You're you're cucked out because your because your old lady like makes more is a bit better breadwinner than than you are. So like, how does that make you feel? It's interesting. And he goes and gets that fantastic four gun that helped uh, helped him previously. Going to get some Aunt May appearances in here, and this is uh, I wonder if this is I think this is a repeat panel of the foreground, but you're seeing like the different versions of Eddie Brock because that costume can change as he's following Peter Parker around. Right. Until he disappears down a dead-end alley. I enjoy seeing this kind of stuff. Like, draw some architecture. Yeah. What's this What's this great apartment look like that, yeah, that, they're, uh, that they're looking at? Yeah, no, you gotta freaking draw that. Good look. And she's trying to convince Peter Parker, man, the heck with the uh, news photos. Like, come be a fashion photographer. Make some money. But, but it's... it's uh... It's largesse. Like she's like, how can I make him feel any better? And, and like, what, 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 what can I do? You know, he's, he's depressed. A, he's, Let me take off my clothes. He's really a fucking loser, man. And then she's like, oh, how about fashion photography? And he's all like, Eeyore. Like he's like, oh, I just can't take good photos like that. And she's like, all right, well, let's take some private private shots for my OnlyFans. <laughs> Slowly, Peter's spirits begin to rise. She <laughs> kids comics. All right, man. Dinner at Aunt May's and uh, MJ's dressed for, I don't know what they're planning to do after this, some night on the town. Straight up, man. And and all that hair we just saw goes in a very convenient, tiny little bun. You got some, what we call in Pittsburgh, this fella's Nebby. Right. Nebby old neighbor. Very critical of of the kids. But we're really building these kids up. This 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 uh this this lovely couple up. You know, MJ is trying to you know insert herself into the family. Uh, tells Aunt May that she needs to come come by the house. Don't it's a, don't it's be a, a stranger. Bizarre spread. Yeah, it's gotta really have your, funny. Gotta have your Peter Parker domesticity. Honestly, when I was a kid, at a certain point, I was into like the real life parts more. Then just like you see the same fight scenes over and over again, you know, there's very little variation. They either win or they don't. There's like no stakes, but like the lives of the characters is something I was interested in. I like seeing McFarlane drawing this kind of stuff too. Yeah, it's it's kind of neat. Something that you won't see him do as he goes on through his career. You know, he doesn't have to draw the the, the boring pages. Right. But I kind of like those. They're almost like the alt comics <laughs> pages that are part of this. Uh, Eddie Brock is is in church whenever this policeman shows up. And uh, kills that dude. Yeah. This video is brought to you by the books that we make. My upcoming releases include 1986, a zine celebrating the biggest year in comics history, True Crime Funnies, BW Zine. My next release is Street Angel Princess of Poverty from Image Comics coming this November. Street Angel Deadly Girl Alive and Hulk Grand Design are both available now wherever books are bought and sold. Ed Piscor's upcoming releases include Hip Hop Family Tree, The Omnibus, 
X-Men Grand Design Trilogy, reprinting all three of the X-Men Grand Design books. And Red Room, available in two trade paperbacks, as well as the current series Crypto Killers. And now back to the video. It's funny to see the early Venom, too. Right. You know, like, how do we make this character, what's cool about him, what works? You know, you see him almost trying this stuff where it's part Venom, enough to do whatever attack he needs to do. Not quite that visual, like, fangs dripping. That comes you know. later. You know, that's, that's, that's Larson adding his piece. It was Ron Friends. I, I, I did a talk with Ron Friends at, at a co college in town, and he described, he described the evolution of Marvel characters' costumes as a game of telephone. And he described the... Um, you know, like the uh, uh, Storm, the way that Silvestri drew Storm, it was like black leather, but he allowed like a lot of lighting so to, to sort of shine on it. And then they wouldn't color that light, lighting. It would be left white. And then her her outfit turns white, just yeah. like after after two artists, because like Jim, Jim Lee comes next and then Wheels comes after that. And it's now it's a white outfit. It's the thing that... As fans, like as readers when we're kids, you never think about that. Right. You know, it's almost like it's a misprint that, oh, got by everybody. Now it's the, now it's, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's canon. I, I kind of like these scenes better than I like the Spider-Man scenes. Totally. Just the, like regular at? people. And like, what is that haircut? Who is this? This is a reference to something I'm sure that I'm not getting, but it's really outrageous in this context. Yeah. I think, I think it's uh, about like showing the Parker friends versus the MJ friends. Right. And uh, a little cameo here of, of Mad Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> so McFarlane gets pulled, or I mean, Parker gets pulled away, but you see basically they're moving into their new apartment. Now this, there was slight, slight confusion here. Like, does Peter see this? Or this is another panel of Peter flying? I read it as this is Venom out looking for Parker. Right. And so he Peter sees Parker it and he's like, it. I got to go. Yeah. I got to go. I don't want this showing up here. And he kind of says that. Yeah. Uh, must That creep must have checked Chelsea Street and found I wasn't there anymore. He's looking for him. Can't have him show up in front of all my friends. Yeah. Check this out, though, uh, on this one, because now you have a create a drawing problem, right? You have this high contrast uh, Xerox of the cityscape, but then you have this black costume. Black on black. So uh, he hits it with the white Zipatone. And it creates that separation. Yeah. Yeah, and you can see him, like, learning to do this, his ornate version of cities and buildings, which by the time he gets to, like, Spider-Man 1, it's nuts what he's drawing in terms of, like, the buildings and the scratchy details everywhere. Yeah, I, I was such a sucker for this kind of stuff. It's a good it's a good uh, centerfold, too. You know, we always talk about books falling open in their centerfold. Like, you're getting your money. If you're flipping through this quickly to see if you want to buy it and you see this as your centerfold, it's like, yeah, Spider-Man Venom fight. So heavy on, on the, the web. Like, like he, he looks sturdy as shit. Like, like he weighs a thousand pounds. I think this is a great image and probably starts moving into that, like, let's make that mouth the character. Yeah. Yeah, Eddie Brock's funny. Funny dude. This is really bizarre. Some of those lines, when you say, like, McFarlane's inks are getting away from him, some of the lines are so different like i don't know what this you know like nothing looks like that i can't right. point to another comic or another artist where i go oh yeah those lines are you know terry austin on so and so like so i don't think least, so yeah can make an argument for these ones of just a symbiote kind of take it over but like those are like so far away from them but i did want to make mention of like just you know the howard chaikin idea of comic art images with narrative value and we talk about talking head comics and how boring and stuff they are this is not boring to me. And it's the wonkiness that makes it interesting to look at. 
There's no narrative value. It's just a talking head. It's a guy saying some stuff. But if you draw fucked up a little bit, it could still be a very interesting page. I'll give you another reason why I think that would work as a talking head. You don't see this anywhere else. Right. Like my criticism of talking heads is it's often like it's the same size and it's just repeated. Yeah, totally. The bend, the bend is shit. And going across this action while while our villain is monologuing, Peter Parker's trying to reach for this gun. Yeah, this is this is like um, Tom McFarlane like thinking he's clever, but when you think out the storytelling of it, just how absurd and bullshit it really is. Because mountains of text, and it's almost like. It's a. It's almost parody. It's almost like you could imagine that a spotlight has now gone on uh, uh, Eddie Brock Venom, and now he's totally in his own world, talking about this origin while Spider Man's doing all this stuff to get closer to that. Because it's not just a stretch. It's like crawling that is required, and Eddie Brock is not interested until he gets the last sentence of his origin out of the uh, out of the equation before uh, he he deals with anything. I'll give you one more. This is photocopied. So it's, it's, I think you're doing double pages and you're just trying to get this issue done because it is a, a brutal schedule I think he's on. So one more panel that you can draw once and use a couple of times and yeah. just redraw that hand. Right. So, you know, you get to use it three times and you can almost see the photocopy degrading over the, uh, over the three pages as some of the finer lines <laughs> are just breaking up more and more. Yeah, great image. That's, that's hilarious, yeah. <laughs> that's really fun cartooning there. But again, this is all talking heads. This is all monologue, but you don't see the same head over and over. Right. <laughs> There's a thing. That, they said that uh, lifting weights will help with stress. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work. It's great stuff. It is. It's per, It's boys comics. Just pot boilers, man. It, it, sort of what this kind of comic should be. And you can see those lines earlier that I said, you know, they're, they're strange lines. It's how he's doing that costume. And exactly. I think this gets abandoned. I think it's much more of like that liquidy uh-huh. kind of thing is what Venom becomes. Yeah, he's cre- he creates the, the iconography to begin. You know, it's it takes a, a bunch of other dudes to kind of add their little pieces to the tapestry. Because, like, look at the creative problems that, that McFarlane has to solve. You know, you got two black costumes on top of each other. That That's not easy, man. Yeah, and I always hate, like, whenever I've inked stuff where it's like a white line that's left behind, that's not the funnest stuff to ink. No, because you have to draw around it, really. Yeah, like, you do. like, there's not a real good white media that you could put into your pen. You know, like, this is what I think Venom becomes more of. Yeah, totally. Like that kind of liquid thing. Chekhov's gun, man. You reestablished it earlier, so we got to get it in there. But this is also one of those, like, completely stupid scenes. So not only did he steal it from, from uh, Reed Richards and stuff. The one thing that you know works, just leave it. Well, I mean, he says, you know, if I kill that costume, I'm killing Brock, and he's not comfortable doing that. Yeah, but you could still, uh, you know, give give glancing blows with it, keep him off your ass, prevent this from happening. <laughs> I keep on. <laughs> Listen, man, <laughs> big schedule. <laughs> yeah. And that's a that's a that's a Rick Parker special. That's funny. It looks so much like something was pasted up here. Like this was a <laughs> some kind of... They, they decided to go this direction. <laughs> but Spider-Man loses this fight. And when he wakes up, he's webbed into this bell. It's still... That's still a, a, another funny image. And you can kind of see his body mm-hmm. around there, man. Yeah, definitely. But that's a lot of webs. It is indeed. And now we're getting biblical with our Eddie Brock. 
I wonder if that's in the script, like dress him up as a priest for this moment. The church stuff in here is very weird because I don't, it doesn't feel integral to the story, yeah. but we're going to do a couple around. I think this is the third piece of church scene in this issue, maybe yeah. the fourth. Yeah, it feels like that's something that maybe they considered and then just got away from when it comes to the better character. Yeah, just simply like uh, we're, we're adding to uh, the Eddie Brock character. He's such a thin character, just like a plagiarist or whatever. Right. Uh, so like, let's let's make him a Catholic plagiarist. And we have Spider-Man stopping this giant gong from, from uh, I guess, caving in his face. It's a fucking Adam West Batman scenario. It is, and it's spread over several pages. <laughs> Some of the least exciting stuff you could probably do with these characters. It's, it's Tie thing. him up in a bell for six pages. The best the best things to do with these kind of comics is to put everybody else in peril but the superhero because we know there will be another issue. There's never there's no dramatic possibility anymore with that kind of thing. So let's resume the fight. Interesting to see the church stuff. And think of what spawned, you know, where McFarlane ends up going. Totally. Like, is that a, do you think that's a McFarlaneism, putting some of this church religious imagery in there? You think it's nah. in, the, in the plot? Nah, I don't think he's going to be drawing a cross in perspective if he doesn't have to. <laughs> and ends up delivering the uh, costume and Brock together back to Fantastic Four. They should have some kind of containment for this, right? Mm -hmm. They had the old alien costume before. Love the ads. That's wild. I was thinking, like, look at how hard that must be to draw. Like, the four, like, you know, four-sided four in perspective where they all meet at the top. Like, I would just trace whoever did the best one of those. That's a complicated perspective problem to solve. Yeah, I'm trying to picture it, like, if it all works... Right, and I think it does, but that is a funny, a funny uh, gimmick to have on your building top, and also Spider-Man making a scene of using the phone. Right. Look at that, man. Could it be one of the first uh, Felixes? Because that's a very proto proto Felix. That was that. This is my era of when I started yeah. reading of the Ben Grimm thing mutation. Right. At that point, and then our our big final moment is Parker comes home. MJ's bummed out. And it's because of that costume. Right, yeah, yeah. So get rid of the costume, which I think McFarlane mentioned. can't remember if it was talking to us or in one of some other interview I read with it's him. Famous. But like getting Spider-Man back to look like Spider-Man. Right. Like, let's, 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 br let's, let's bring the iconic character back. I mean, uh, this would be like 88, 89. Like, we've dealt with that black costume for so long. But in all the pop culture, it's always the red and blue. Like, at the end of the cartoons that are like Marvel productions, it's red and blue. The underoos are red and blue. Like, the black costume never went anywhere but the comics. So, they tried freaking hard, man, to, like, push that. I think it was over 30 issues. It was a long time. That's what I'm saying. It's like from, a, from like, Secret Wars. It's like 82 to... It's like six years or something, maybe. And again, with the high contrast photo backdrop. Yeah, for sure, dude. Uh, iconic piece of artwork right there and it makes me assume mcfarland had a uh, photocopier in his studio yeah or had very close access i think that was that. common for artists to have yeah right if not in your studio you'd have access to one somewhere handy yeah i was i was trying to like i feel like i've seen the original somewhere maybe it's maybe it's in the artist edition that we have or something and it would be worth investigating like you know you get 11 by 17 xerox 
and then you got to cut out your fucking guy, man. Like, this is practical. So, like, you got to cut out around those webs and stuff and maybe fill in some ink around. Like, that's not that's not nothing. Like, he isn't just drawing this guy and, and that's it. Like, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. And then a Stan Lee soapbox in the back of the Spider-Man 300. Uh, nothing stood out to me on this. I just like the idea that you know, they're reprinting ads and all in this edition. I used to think that's how you spelled Russian, by the way. <laughs> that's funny. I wonder, um, and kayfabers can post this in comments. I'm curious about like the various anniversary editions or reprints of like old issues that Marvel has done like this. Cause I like, I'm, I'm glad they do the ads and everything intact. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I think that that's unique that, that, that part, but like I was just grabbing, you know, these WYSIWYGs of down in new dimension. They had like, kind of at the cash wrap section they keep they have all of these yeah. things and it seemed very random like it would be like jeff purvis hulks so maybe like first gray hulk or something like that yeah like i like i don't know exactly what it is but the one i always want is that hulk 340 because they did a reprint of that years ago and it's like through the roof i right. never see it anywhere and if you do you know if you do find one it's pretty expensive and that's one that i would like that issue and i don't have it in any form it'd make a good episode yeah Fun so, to look at, man. Iconic comic over youth for sure. Yeah, pretty pretty good. Interesting to look at this stuff. Twenty five years ago, I can't believe it. Iconic, man. Like, uh, how many times have people done their version of oh, this? Yeah. How many times did uh, McFarlane do his own version of that? I think probably every uh, hundred issues on Spawn, there's some variants on that. Yeah, for sure. Good to go. Yep. Okay, favors like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell so that we can notify you when new videos are available. We're a daily YouTube channel, and we've got more than fourteen hundred videos up there. As we speak, there's a Todd McFarlane playlist, I'm pretty sure. Uh, take a look. Hit the little magnifying glass on the front page of the Cartoonist Kayfabe YouTube channel. Search for your favorite comics. We might have talked about them. If we did, watch those videos. If we didn't, then make sure you let us know what those comics are so that we can put those higher up on our uh, reading list. We're going to be going to a comic convention this weekend. Might pick, pick them up if we don't got those books. That's right. Uh, the the videos are brought to you ultimately by the books that we make and the Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is a book that I'm extremely proud of. It's coming out next month uh, as of this recording in October 18th, I believe. And uh, I need you to order this thing. Uh, your, your comic shop can order it as we speak. Collects four volumes of the Hip Hop Family Tree series and 150 pages of material that is not in those first four books. So this is kind of the ultimate statement on Hip Hop Family Tree. It's the best book I've ever made, and I hope you add it to your bookshelves. The X-Men Grand Design Trilogy is coming out from Marvel, collecting all of my X-Men Grand Design works inside of one handy cover. A couple of those volumes are out of print, so it's, it's a way for you to get all of my uh, X-Men Grand Design comics. And Red Room is the current focus. Two trade paperbacks are out there, the Anti-Social Network and Trigger Warnings. But uh, this third round and final round of uh, Red Room Comics is called Crypto Killers. And issue three of Crypto Killers has a backup feature called Latchkey Kids. I'm working on a book called uh, Switchblade Shorties, which is going to be uh, a daily comic strip. And uh, this Latchkey Kids strip is the first appearance of those characters. So it's kind of a hot key for the Ed Piscor bibliography. And I hope you check out uh, this comic. Jimmy, why don't you tell the people what you have on the horizon? My next book release is Street Angel Princess of Poverty from Image Comics. This will be out in November, but you need to pre-order it now. So let your local comic shop know that you want a copy 
This is a companion piece to Street Angel Deadly Scroll Alive, also from Image Comics. Together, Princess of Poverty and Deadly Scroll Alive reprint all of the Street Angel comics that I have made so far. Hulk Grand Design, the oversized treasury collection, one of the best comics I have made, best-looking comics I've made so far, I believe is out of print at the distribution level, which means if you haven't got it yet, pick it up now before it's completely gone uh, and impossible to find. Hard to tell when this will be reprinted. I've also been self-publishing. True Crime Funnies is my latest comic book featuring three nonfiction stories, including two wrestling yarns. And my latest zines include a reprint of BW zine and 1986 zine celebrating the uh, black and white comics of the 80s, the self-publishing comics that I am such a fan of, as well as 1986, just one of the greatest years in comics history, showcasing a lot of what made that year so memorable for comics fans and collectors out there. You can read these on my Patreon, patreon.com slash jimrug. Not the only way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel, however. Let the people know, Jim. You can subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, hats, mugs, stickers, and more at our spread shop. That link is also under this video in the show notes. There you have it. Buy the books, support the channel, keep the videos coming to you on a regular basis. Given those marching orders, Jimmy, we'll be on our way. Read more comics. <laughs>